Welcome to Raised on It. This week, we're debating and discussing Garth Brooks's top 10 songs. Emily and I are joined by my buddy from college, Jacob Westendorf. And as you'll hear in this episode, we each have different criteria when it comes to listing out our top 10 songs from Garth. The thing is, there's so many great songs to choose from when it comes to Garth. It just made it that much trickier and harder. And I think pretty early on, we realized that we're going to need to come back and do a part two for songs 11 through 20. We try to get to a consensus, but that was just not going to happen. But it was a fun conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and hopefully you have some bones to pick with one of us and, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, as always, you can find us at raisedonitblog.com. The ACM awards are coming really soon. It's in a week or two. The CMA nominees were just announced some, uh, good debate around that. So it's going to be a busy fall. We're going to be busy covering all of that. Uh, also one of Emily and I's favorite artist, Adam Sanders, he's releasing a new song this weekend. I talked with him about his new song called Drink, Drink, Drunk. It's a tongue twister, but it's a fun one. Uh, such a fun one. Uh, that interview will be up on our website Friday morning. So that'll be raisedonitblog.com. So those are some fun things to stay tuned for. But let's get right to it. So here are a few 20-somethings. We're all in our 20s. So take that into account with perspective. Breaking down what we each think are Garth Brooks's 10 best songs. All right, so on this episode, we're talking Garth Brooks' top 10 hits ever. Uh, my buddy Jake sent me a text two months ago saying, hey, this would be a great topic for you to chat about. Like, what are Garth Brooks' top 10 hits? I'm like, yeah, it would be. Like, why don't you come and talk about it? So my buddy Jake, who I know from college, he's joining us, and Emily is, of course, on. So Emily, I'll start with you and go to Jake. What went into your thought process when it comes up with constructing or attempting to construct a top 10 list of arguably the best, greatest country artist ever? I like to think I have good taste in music, so I just went off my favorite Garth songs. So people need to remember that when they're listening to me. It's songs that if I have to listen to Garth, these are the first songs I'm going to listen to, one through ten. These are the ones I want to hear that I can hear, like, multiple times without getting sick of. Okay. Like, what? And it's just strictly your, like. I mean, they're great songs. It doesn't have bad songs. But Mm -hmm. I think, like, when we get to the point where some I didn't include, I'll have good reasoning for it. Okay. Or maybe not. It's just my personal opinion. So, Jake, you have the Garth similar, haters. You have thim- similar thoughts or process how you did it? Well, uh, first of all, I think that music is kind of subjective. Um, and like you said, I mean, Emily kind of pointed out Garth doesn't have bad songs. Aaron, you use the word arguably. It's it's not arguable. He is the greatest <laughs> artist that's ever existed. And when I said that you should do this as a podcast, I couldn't believe that you hadn't already. Um, I mean, I'm not the biggest country music fan, admittedly, um, at least not anymore. I was growing up, uh, so not as much anymore. So, um, you know, this would have been one, one, my first episode, if I were doing a country music podcast. So what went into it for me was like, how does this song basically connect with me from, this is what I grew up listening to, uh, you know, Garth's first album came out, I believe in 1989, was a self-titled album. So that was two years before I was born on a second album, which is No Fences, with uh, basically famous for the Thunder Rolls and Friends in Low Places. That came out the year I was born. Um, and that was really um, the, the story that kind of goes with it is that is the year that my grandma turned 50. And not to date my grandmother, but... <laughs> The story is at her birthday party, oh, her birthday's in July. And the story is at her birthday party, she kept requesting the song Friends in Low Places to be played by the DJ. And the DJ kept saying, I can't play that song. I've played it too many times. And my mom was, I was born in September, but I was supposed to be born in August. So my mom was like, 
very, very, very pregnant with me. So my mom is convinced that's why I'm as big of a Garth fan as I am because I heard that song a million times that, which is like a week before I was supposed to be born. So she was eight months, three weeks pregnant with me when, when that party happened. So um, these are some, my kind of thinking as far as this list goes, like how did this song resonate with me? Some of them are like, memories that go in like what things funny so for example one of these songs is what reminds me of aaron wagner so oh gosh i cannot wait yeah oh lord yeah so uh stirrups a bar in green bay wisconsin <laughs> makes a appearance on this list so <laughs> oh god uh, maybe some maybe some recency bias but uh certainly a <laughs> the other hard part was aaron like i mentioned i guess i have yeah wagner like wags i can't really use that phrasing anymore i have to do aaron and emily so that's going to take some getting used to but i told you guys as i was going through like this this list i wrote down 20 songs i was just like what what are some really good songs like ones that i'm like okay this is a great song this is a great song this is a great song and i got to 20 <laughs> and as i got to 20 i was like okay now i gotta narrow it down to 10 and was like that was some of it was easy but a lot of it was it was really difficult so that's that's kind of how it went into it for me so Jake, you're a father now. Um, I am. So when your wife was pregnant, were you playing Garth Brooks on repeat? Like, you know, your mom did or what's the deal here? Uh, she's familiar with, with Garth music. Yeah. Um, that's, that's some of the stuff. Um, my wife is the one who plays a lot of the music. Uh, admittedly, most of the music that she listens to now are from her toys. So <laughs> those are the songs that I listen to a lot of now, and I won't bore you guys with what the, what those songs are, but those are the songs I have memorized now are songs from, from Blake's toys. So yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like when Garth's you cut like baby shark or something. Um, oh, please. And thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for me, it was, you know, we're, I think we're all sports fans here for me. Like when it came down to the top 10 list or the top 10 songs of Garth, it was, I kind of thought of it like, top 10 highlights like when you think of Aaron Rodgers 10 best plays what come to mind we think of LeBron James top 10 plays or Michael Jordan's top 10 plays what comes to mind and with Garth Brooks that was kind of and it's probably similar to what Emily you were saying and Jake too is like what like are the songs that come to mind that resonate with you because chances are if it's resonating with you it's popular and it's popular for a reason so that was my thought process, but we all have different thought process. And like Jake said, it's subjective, but I am curious. And Emily, you can start it off here too. So the top 10 list, how many songs in your top 10 list would you say are no doubters have to be in the top 10? Like there's, uh no, like there's no room for debate in your mind. Like these, songs need to be in the top 10 at least seven okay Oof. jake how many for you One, two three four five six yeah i'm at seven also uh it's interesting because some of the songs that are no debate actually rank lower on the list than some of my other ones but that's again some of the subjectivity yeah interesting i had, I had six too so Let's let's start at the top. The number one Garth song, everyone's list. I think we're all in agreement that the dance falls at number one. Yeah, I said there was a right answer when we started talking about this. There's a correct answer. I've, yeah, I think there's there's two right answers you could go with for number one. So again, I made my list off of my favorite oh, songs. Oh, here we go. You're going to throw this off already. Yeah. If I had one day on this earth and I could pick one Garth song to listen to, it would be Colin Baton Rouge. And I don't care if that's like too easy or too fluffy or it's a two minute song. It's too fast. That is my favorite Garth song. Maybe it's just because maybe I'll change my mind in like five, 10 years of where my life is. But that song, and I'm sure that's a song that Jake's going to reference about stirrups. But this is the song that, like, I've had the most fun with, like, ever. It's just, I don't know, one of my favorite songs. The dance is on my list down a little ways. But for me, sorry. So when, you, when, you, when someone says Garth Brooks, that's the first song you think of? Yeah. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. That's a song I'd request. Be like, you can request one Gar song. Call it Baton Rouge. Come on. Okay. Uh, Jake, before, I'll let you go, but Garth Brooks says his quote is literally, I can't imagine my career or life without the dance. And I feel right. like that statement speaks like just it, like that's all I need right there is that line. That and I think about like some of what went into this list, and I didn't say this earlier, was like, what what i think of is like when i've been fortunate enough to see him in concert and i've seen him twice as i've been older now once when i was like three and my mom for some reason is still really upset that i don't remember that but i don't so (laughs) two times as i've gotten older is you can tell the song you can always tell the songs that the artist really likes performing and obviously they they like all their songs uh, but you can tell the songs that are like really tug at the heartstrings or really pull a lot out of them or that they really enjoy or that really connect with the audience or, you know, whatever it is. And when he says, like you said, I, I can't imagine my life or my career without the song. You can tell that as he performs that he always has some speech that goes into that song as he performs it. So I think so. Uh, when you talk about, you know, even, you know, go into some of the all time great songs, whether you talk about, even other artists that's if we do greatest songs of all time from any genre any you know the beatles billy joel metallica name your genre name your artist doesn't matter that's going to be one of the songs in the conversation yeah i would agree and for me i i love colin baton rouge but i feel like if that's if that's the number one song i feel like it it does a little bit of a it doesn't give us the full Garth. Like Garth, he has these like anthems, like they're fun, but like the dance, that's when it really just started and not just started, but he went from zero to 60 in like a split second with this song. So that's that's what we got uh, with the dance. So All right. Emily, unfortunately, you've been overruled by majority on this one. I'm, it's not right or wrong. Sorry. It's not. Um, I'm I'm, going to try to keep somewhat of a collaborative list going. Maybe there's some debates further down. Uh, Number two song, what you got, Emily? She's Every Woman. Wow. Okay. I love that song. And I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. It is, I don't know. It's just, it's such a sweet song. And I just love the phrasing of it. And, is the lyrics are so good and it's just so I don't know he's just so completely in love with this woman and all these things he's talking about her it's just I don't it's I maybe it's coming from a woman's perspective but if someone was singing that song to me I'd probably just marry him all right taking notes (laughs) Jake is this song on your top 10 no no me either Songs about, see, here's the thing. Uh, Songs that Garth has written about women are a little dicey uh, just because uh, his uh, history is not the greatest. For example, a song that my mom really likes, I know, is In Another's Eyes that he sings with Trisha. And that's not great because... It's definitely In Other's Other's Eyes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that song did not make the list. yeah, it's it's a tough one for Garth's one of those people like he bleeds in front of his audience, so to speak. He's you made the sports reference earlier. He's kind of like Brett Favre in that way, to where it was like you almost felt like he was one of us, you know, kind of thing. To where when he felt pain, you kind of felt like he did too. You almost feel like he's one of us in the crowd, kind of thing too. He's not like an so, intelligent person. Um, yeah. So I think that. Um, that kind of makes things a little difficult on that end. So no, that song does not make my list. Number two has the minor caveat. Uh, I mentioned the song earlier, but friends in little places is number two and, but it has to be the live version. So we're talking about women. I guess she talks about marriage and she'd marry that guy right on the spots. This is a breakup song. Um, (laughs) But sweet little lady, I'll head back to the bar, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is you talk about anthems and and a perfect live song and just kind of the part of the appeal and the legend of Garth is that 
there are certain songs that you could only hear in concerts. You know, this was something that it wasn't on the album. And now obviously he's got some live albums and stuff like that. But at the time, it's not like I could go pick up the No Fences album and hear that song. I had to buy a ticket and go see him in concert if I wanted to hear that version of the song. And like I mentioned, I heard that song in the womb. So that had to be towards the top of the list too. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I had that at number two on my list. It's, I think when you're at a, you're at a tailgate, you're at a karaoke bar, you're at a country bar, someone plays that song, the band plays it. It's pretty much uniform. Everyone's going to be singing along to it. Everyone's going to be having a good time. And I think it's just one of those fun loving Yes, the, I, we're both in agreement, Jake and I, that the dance is number one. But I, I would say Friends and Friends in Little Places is maybe more recognizable by more people. But um, it's it's definitely number two. It's real close to number one. It's Those are his two signature songs in my mind. But here's where it's, I mean, Emily's already making this interesting, which I love. So I'm really curious where we go with for song number three. Hold on, before we go there, could I, did Garth do something? Okay, is, was he like a womanizer or is it just like the divorce? Is that what we're talking about? Like with- uh, And that, yeah. There's a pretty okay. uh, public um, infidelity with, okay. yeah, with his well, first wife, yeah. Okay, but then, I mean, we can't just dismiss all love songs because no, you're kind no. of hard pressed to like, find a musician who has it like, you know, Sure. No, I understand that. Okay. I was throwing it out there. But anyways, we're going on to number three, which I think will be less controversial for you two because you're on the same freaking page. It's scary. (laughs) Um, My number three is That Summer. Okay. Um, I've lived this song, so. (laughs) Let's just go on to Jake. All right. Elaborate. (laughs) Oh, this song is about an older woman that, you know, went after a younger man i've a cougar i've dated no well she wasn't old enough to be a cougar necessarily i've dated an older woman this song makes my list it's a little lower but yeah i've i've lived through this song so and it was a summer there's never been another summer that i'd ever learned so much so (laughs) there you go mom i really hope you're not listening to this (laughs) so jake jake has his reasons emily why do you love this i just i i've always liked this song i don't know what it is it's just the when you get to that last chorus and like you can you hear Garth and like honestly he puts every emotion into every song but when I get to the verse like you know lightning and the thunder all that part of the song it's just like yeah you just I don't know it's just you know me and I like songs that will like do really well in the car and I feel like this is a good one just rub it up it is a good car jam Mm -hmm. I know I remember listening to this pre-teen years and it it took me a couple of years to figure out mm-hmm. the song but when you figure it out yeah figure it out jake uh what's number three on your list rodeo uh because Ooh, you okay. mentioned you mentioned car anthems and bar anthems uh chuck charles probably hates this song by now because whenever we would go out drinking i probably played this song every single night we went out Um, but it's, it's one of those, if you think about it, there are certain songs that like always open shows and always close shows, for example. Um, and this is one of those songs, like you have to open with a bit of a a banger, right? Like Garth can't open a show with the dance, just for example, like you gotta get the crowd excited and he can't really open with friends in low places or something like that either, because you got to save that for like the middle of the show to change the mood after some, you know, there's, there's ways to jump into that. You know, this is one of those shows and each of the shows that I've seen him in person, this is the song he opened with. So that's kind of what, well, I take that back. This isn't the song he opened with, but it's the first of his hit songs that he opened with. He opened with one of his newer songs each time, but it's like, that doesn't count in my mind, I guess. (laughs) Like, Nothing against his new stuff, but it's like, you know, something Garth always says at his shows is when I go to see like, yes, we're going to play some of the new stuff. And actually one of his new songs makes my 11 through 20 list, but um, it's a, he goes to hear the hits and he plays the hits and you know, the first of his hits that he always played at the two shows I was at was this song. So I think that makes the list. 
It's a very good observation. That's my one beef with Garth would be that this is with any artist that you, you open with a song that isn't necessarily universally known. It, it can like, not that you come out flat, but if you would open with rodeo, I think it would just blow the roof off. Totally. Um, my number three song, I'm going, I'm going some, some ballad mid tempos for the next couple ones here. I'm going with the river. I think it's mm. such a well-written song. Uh, it's kind of that graduation nostalgia, you know, going forward dream kind of feeling to it. Um, I just like the, the simplicity of the production on it is it's, it's pretty much just Garth's voice. Um, everything else is pretty much soft and stuff. So that's the one that just jumps out to me as the number three. Um, let's see if I have any interesting facts on this. Uh, I do have a Garth quote. So for the river, he says of all the songs, most of the letters I receive concern the river. Uh, it's a song of inspiration, a song that I'll be proud of a hundred years from now. So it's hmm. a good that's, makes my list yeah i like the symbolism from that song that's good yeah. all right we got three down emily what's number four all right number four what she's doing now i i does this on anyone else's list or is this just oh yeah okay this is i also feel like it's one of his kind of forgotten songs maybe that's just me but i just like that perspective of you know he calls her and, you know, hangs up before she answers and wonders how often has she done the same. And it's just like, it was in that age, like the 90s, when you called people and just like send them a message, you know, and it's just, it's just so sweet and like, so like painful. Like there's some regret there. Like you could, you could find out what she's doing now, but you don't have the courage to press talk. Yeah. That's that's so true. I mean, nowadays it's like you slide in DMs or send a text or something like that, and mm-hmm. we know what everyone's doing now. It's almost annoying. Like, go away a little bit. Wags yeah. drunk text people. <laughs> Whiskey with wags. You know, I'm just gonna punt on that and let Jake pick his number four song. <laughs> Uh, the perfect love song, which I know you said we can't dismiss all of them, Emily, and that's shameless. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, the, the anthem, if you will, of, of Garth love songs. It's, uh, you want to talk about emotion. Um, it's, you can kind of, again, you can almost tell that he's really feeling himself, I guess, for, for lack of better phrasing. He, he, he gets into the act on this one, I think, more so than any other. A lot band. of other songs, yeah. And you can tell, like, Garth's greatest asset, honestly, is well, number one, Garth's greatest asset is that he sounds the same way in person that he does on the album. That's number one. Number two is he's a showman. Mm-hmm. And in in his shows – he plays to the crowd, obviously. And this is one of those songs where, but it feels genuine. It, it doesn't feel like a, an act, you know, so to speak. It, you can really tell that he cares about like what he's singing, what he's saying, what he's doing. And this is one of those songs that I think that you really, he gets into it, whoever, whatever he wrote this song for, or whoever he's performing this song for is really something that he's into. And I think that um, it's, it's like the love song, if you think about it. And, who, who of the favorites, who of the all-time greats doesn't have a love song that, that kind of makes one of these lists? If we make the, again, if you make one of these lists for any of the all-time greats, there's a love song that gets in there somewhere. So Emily had one that made it a little bit higher, uh, which is a little surprising. But like you said, she uh, did her list a little differently than I did mine. Interesting. I am going to differ with both of you. Um just quickly on the two songs you guys talked about. So what she's doing now, that was a number one song for four weeks. So that's mm. pretty crazy to begin with. Um, and then Shameless, it was originally a Billy Joel song. Mm-hmm. And the story goes, uh, you know, Garth, this is, again, back in the 90s, we didn't have streaming or even to, you know, buy on iTunes. Um, you got, well, like, Garth still doesn't have streaming, so. Pisses me off, man. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, but yeah, basically he had like, he had a CD subscription and listened to some of these old Billy Joel albums and he listened to this and he loved it. And Billy Joel's like, yeah, dude, go record it. So I think on the interwebs on YouTube, I think there's a, you can find performance of those two singing the song together. I want to say in New York for a concert. Hmm, uh, Central Park. Oh, oh that right. big one that had like a million people there. Mm-hmm. You're right. I have a DVD of it. Oh, that was on his Netflix thing, his documentary. That's where I'm mm-hmm. like, where did I hear this? No, it's good. Yep. Okay. Dang. Um, my fourth one is If Tomorrow Never Comes. Mm. See, well, uh, was that a mm, like meh or like a mm, good, good call, Aaron? You want a fun fact about this song, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. Garth once stopped a concert during this song because he wrote this song about his wife and not to bring it up again but he and his wife weren't doing so well and garth like felt bad about that started crying couldn't get the song out somebody yelled like go home garth or something like that and he left the stage stopped the show reconciled things with his wife obviously yeah uh it's in the book american thunder which is a garth brooks biography and uh stopped the show it was in the not quite the peak of his powers but somewhere around that point where he was on the road quite a bit damn had no oh. The only like cool note I had is not that cool. Not as cool as that. <laughs> uh, just a, a Garth quote. He says, uh, if tomorrow never comes, it'll probably always be one of my signature songs. I ran the idea for the song by what seemed like a thousand writers and no one really seemed to understand what I was looking for. Um, and he got introduced to the co-writer and they had the first verse down in like the first minute and the rest is history. But again, another number one. This is from 1989, so kind of the beginning of everything for him. So, yeah, for me, it's a lot of these, like, mid-tempo ballads that – and it's it's always the dilemma. I think it's depending on what mood you're in and, like, what season of life. Like, five, ten years mm-hmm. from now, maybe these songs will be, like, completely different order. But that's the, right. uh, that's the beauty of getting to do what we get to do. All right, sorry for the – Jeez, someone's popular. Uh, let's see here. Um, song number five, Emily, what we got? Yeah. So actually this is funny. I had my top 10 list all made out and then I was going back. I'm like, okay. Cause I didn't write out 20 songs to begin with. I just like looked at songs I'm like, oh yeah, I like this one. I like this one. And I went back and I found this one. I'm like, how do I not have this on my list? So I had to bump my number 10 one off and I put this one in at number five, much too young. Interesting. Just like from the starting, it's just, I feel like, I feel like the song just hits home sometimes. See, I, I had a dilemma with this one too, because it, it is, it's his first hit. There's something special about it. I, I think I had this, I think that I had this in like the 11, 12 range, mm. uh, making it out. So it just missed my 10, but I, I definitely had it in the top 10 initially, but make a good point. It's his first hit. It's just, it's a, it's iconic Garth for me. I don't know. I just feel like, and if this was his first hit, I mean, this is quite a contradiction of a song to start off with. Like if he released it, maybe at the end of the nineties, it'd make more sense. Like he's tired and like worn out from everything, but. Oh yeah. But I mean, yeah, much too, like he's, he's saying he's too young to feel this old. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Jake. And an iconic God bless Chris Ledoux line in every concert that he gives. Um, This is where I went a little rogue, uh, I guess, because it's not really his song, I guess. Chris Gaines. Um, Chris Gaines. We have a Chris Gaines song. No, we don't have a Chris Gaines song. will end right now if it's Chris Gaines. (laughs) It is not a Chris Gaines song. Um, No, uh, this is the song that my mom and I danced to at my wedding. Uh, It's called It's Your Song. And it was a song Garth sang to his mom on his double live album. And so the story behind this is um, basically I was trying to figure out a song for my mom and I to dance to. And there wasn't really anything that stuck out um, because there wasn't really like, there wasn't ever really like a song that my mom gifted me or anything like that. Or, you know, like a father daughter dance was very simple. Um, Dan, my father-in-law, picked something very easily for for Frankie. 
Um, and I heard this song on a whim one day and I was sitting in the car, just like ugly crying. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, that's it. I feel like you're an easy crier though, right? I, a little bit. And <laughs> during, during the wedding, like there's a picture and it's me just sobbing throughout the song too. So, um, it had to make the list. It couldn't be too, too high because I guess I'm a little bit of a stickler for, I hate cover songs. Um, for example, I think it was, there's a country, what what was it called? Country Outlaws or something. They did like a tribute album to Motley Crue when they had their, well, what's now going to be their first farewell tour. And it was horrible. Um, I hate covers. Like I, I just do. And, but at the same time, this song resonated enough with me clearly to the point where it had to make the list. So uh, this one came in at number five um, because I felt it was, it was perfect for that. So Garth did good enough to where this song not only made the list, but made it into the top half. Wow. Who right. originally not... sang it? That I don't know. Um, oh, I never okay. looked, I never looked that up. I've only ever heard his version of it. Yeah. I just know that it wasn't his song originally. Cause I looked through all his old albums and stuff and uh, now you've inspired me to look that up. So I'm going to have to Google that afterwards. But I'm but, curious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now I am too. But uh, yeah, I heard it on, um, it's on his double live album, mm-hmm. which. All right. Um, what I have here is. Um, there we go, Aaron. It's written by Benita Hill and Pam Wolf, uh, which Brooks dedicates to his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if anyone else sang it previously, um, at least according to Wikipedia, which could be false and i remember uh, he dedicated it to his mom because his double live album came out the year that he was retiring and oh she had just died right and or, he she either had just passed away or had just been diagnosed with cancer or something like i remember the backstory mm-hmm. and it was like my mom doesn't have cancer or anything like that but i remember yeah. him dedicating it to his mom was perfect oh yeah geez. the songwriter benita hill pitched the song to garth after learning that garth's Mother was suffering from throat cancer. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Which is why he does the cancer stuff at his shows. Yep. Oh. So anyway, there you go. A guard yeah. original. That that song peaked at number nine. So that's a top ten hit. That's solid. Not totally out there. I, I can hang with it. Uh, my fifth one, and it probably used to be higher on my list, but I think it's such a it's such a a Garth song. It's another ballad. It's unanswered prayers. Mm. It's just one of those like it hits different. Like it's, it's one of those. I have a confession, Aaron. Oh God. I don't like this song. Oh, Oh, why? I don't. It might not be the most controversial person on this podcast. No, you're off the hook so far. Emily. Yeah. All right. It's it's not what it's not like, I shouldn't say it like that. Like, it's not that I don't like the song. Like, Oh my God, skip it. Like this is terrible, but it's not in my top 20. What the hell? Really? Mm Mm-mm. Like when he sings it in concert, I'm also just like, okay, move on. Everyone puts their flashlights up and sways along, and it's just one of those like. Here's the thing: like, everything happens, it should happen. Why do I feel like Jake's had all his prayers answered, and he can't even relate? Right? <laughs> well, I mean, hey, have you met Frankie and Blake? Like, I have. You're right. So there you go. Um, no, so seriously, Emily, he doesn't play what she's doing now at concerts anymore like he could easily replace unanswered prayers with what she's doing now mm. he could fit them all in if he really wanted to that's also Cut fair <laughs> instead think- of two two-hour shows he could do one four-hour show <laughs> yeah i'd be there i'd be there all day i mean yeah we <laughs> talked about how garth is like the common man amongst all men kind of deal and i think this is the one that i'm like yeah this is it like unanswered prayers he just seems like a regular joe or regular garth it's so. actually like a unique perspective to take um i just don't think like that story's ever been done it's just kind of cool to because it's such a positive light mm-hmm. like you hear the title and you're like oh that's gonna be dark and twisty and it's like oh no i wish for this but apparently it wasn't supposed to happen yeah i think it's, I think it's a great piece of songwriting too like you said so. yeah yeah. All right. Can well, we rewind real quick too about how insane it is that a 55 year old man can do two two hour concerts? Like, yeah. I'm 29 years old and I can't run up the stairs without being out of breath. <laughs> like, 
And then, see, he's always, like, running around crazy on stage. But then right, it's not just like he's sings. just standing there. No, but he it's sings not an Alan Jackson like he's not concert. out of breath. Yeah, I've never been, yeah, but I don't feel like I don't need day. to. No offense, Alan Jackson. He's a great singer, but he just stands there. Yeah. No, it's, it's a fair point. I was thinking about it earlier, too. Like, how much longer is Garth going to be able to run around? Like, is he going to be in his 70s? Because I feel like Garth, Garth is a type of artist that – I don't know if he's going to do shows if he can't be that version of golf. Oh, right. But I think, like, he probably wants to keep doing it as long as he can and will take care of himself. I'm he's just 58 looking to years old now. And I'm just looking because I feel like, at least for me, the next great entertainer in country after Garth is Kenny Chesney. Like, I will always, and I'll die on that hill. But he is Who's 52. That? I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're done. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I just think, like, because I feel like he brings the same sort of energy, but Kenny's very open about, like, yeah, I, you know, eat really well, I work out, and you can tell, and I don't, not saying, like, Garth doesn't, but I don't know how he has all that energy. Great. Well, hey, we're halfway through, and there's, after Jake and I agreed on the, the first two, like, we're pretty much all disagreeing on what songs are, I mean, like we're all over the place. Like we've honestly, I don't think we've had any similar ones listed so far. So no, we will this next half. I think, yeah, we'll get there, but I think it's just more proof that Garth is that good and has that many hits that he can do it. And it appeals uh, to all people, right? Yes. That's the thing. So number six, back half of the top 10. Oh, yeah. Standing outside the fire. This song pumps me up and just like makes me think, what are you doing with your life, Emily? Like go after it. Go do it. Go live. And I just think it really encapsulates Garth's, not Garth's whole like life mantra. He's just all about giving 150% all the time. And I feel like this song kind of just says, like, just go do it. Just jump in. It's one of my favorite songs. And that's not how I created my top, my top 10. I, I did it. <laughs> not to say more objectively, but I went like. Yeah. You did. That's fine. Yeah. But it. I, I actually don't have that in my top 10, but it's, my, <gasps> really? it's in my heart, my personal <laughs> favorite top 10. All so. right. All right. Fair. Great song though. Jake, what you got? Number six, I have another one of those. It's the Thunder Rolls. And that's another one of those songs that it's got a live version. And that third verse is again, iconic. And it's another, it's really the first step. It was kind of risky. Uh, so Emily referenced the uh, Netflix documentary earlier. And it was a, a controversial song for Garth at the time because the song referenced infidelity, domestic violence, murder. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you get into the third verse, obviously she kills him. Um, a lot of stuff for a relatively young artist. And we're talking about, I mean, at the time, country music was kind of squeaky clean. I mean, not that it's not now, I guess, but I mean it wasn't as risky. This wasn't something you talked about in country songs. No, exactly. And I mean, there are other songs that were that way too. I mean, I remember one of the headlines in there was like, uh, we shall be free is a song that was uh, risky for Garth to write, for example, which is stupid, but that's another Mm -hmm. topic for later, which yes, that did make my back half of the top 20. So, um, but either way, I mean, for an artist to, write a song like that as his really that was his second album and his first song i believe that was his first single unless it was friends in the places i don't know um off the top of my head yet but having that be his response to a first album that was really successful obviously it's kind of like the old saying well you know anybody can do something once you know how many people have we seen put out one good album and then really never be heard from again and for him I mean, for him to do that, it's very easy that that could have been received very poorly and he could have been, you know, finished. You add in that song, it's really cool uh, live when the lights go dark and then you have the lights flash and stuff when they play the thunder and everything like that. It's another one of those things. There's something, and I'm going to sound like I'm fangirling here, but like when his eyes light up and just kind of that look that he gets or something when he plays this song and I don't know, it's, it's kind of cool when... Um, I think there's another one. He played this song at 
Yankee Stadium once, and it literally started raining as he was playing it. And it was just like totally awesome, just a totally cool thing. So great song, great anthem, and another one of those now, again, more common. But at the time when it came out, um, a live version of a song, I think that is really unique and really cool. Yeah, I also had that as my number six song, so we're back to be on the same page again. Yes. Uh, oh, Lord. Yeah, a number one song, uh, 91. Uh, it was the 91 CMA video of the year, even though there was all the controversy around it. I was going to say, people didn't even play like the video or like wouldn't play the song. Some radio stations wouldn't. Right, and I think it was, not to say it was a grassroots thing, but I think yeah. it was, it, it, like, People like women like talked about it like oh like I can relate to this song like this yeah this, like come and Garth knew that he like pushed it he wanted that song and so I think like Jake when you say like his eyes light up in concert I think he knows just like it's the little song that could mm -hmm. he knew what it would yep. be absolutely well hey Jake and I are in agreement so we'll see if we can keep it going Emily what do you got number seven all right well we're getting into some repeaters here uh, number seven is the river. Okay. As, like I said, the symbolism of that one. It is a good graduation song, you could say, but it really can work for any point in your life. You just want to look towards it. And I don't know. It's really well written. You don't have to dwell too much on it because we talked about it already. But that's my number seven, right? That's what we're on. Yep. Yep. Jake, what you got? Number seven. It ain't going down till the sun comes up. I was really upset that this song landed as low as it did. But I can't really argue with myself too much, I guess. Uh, but this song's a banger, man. I mean, you want to talk about just like going into like this is the perfect, maybe not the perfect, but one of the perfect because there's so many of them. End of the night, end of the stirrups um, song. I know Garth closed each of his shows with this song. Um, you know, there are certain songs, again, that you can – only certain songs you can close shows with. This is certainly one of them. Um, this is also a song – it's actually got that unique ability to open and close a show, uh, which, again, only certain songs can do that. Um, but it just kind of gets you excited. It's It's got that feel of a – it's kind of a rock song, but a country song too. So it's kind of got that feel of both. And, again, this is another one of those songs that was kind of controversial because – there's something weird to me as somebody who listens to other genres of music, country fans really clutch their pearls over this isn't country music and as some country people, some, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to throw everybody in one little box, obviously, but there are a lot of people that clutch their pearls over. This isn't country music. And this is another one of those songs that kind of got that treatment uh, very similar to the way like Travis Tritt got some of his stuff early in his career. If he's a rocker because he has long hair, which <laughs> is like the dumbest thing ever, but it's true. Uh, it Willie Nelson happen. has long hair. Like what Exactly. About? Exactly. Yeah. And there, Merle Haggard did too. And mm -hmm. Hank Williams Jr. And you know, name your guys. There's plenty of them. Um, I, this song kind of got some of that treatment of this isn't a country song. Um, Garth kind of gets that treatment from some of the older people, which um, what's the word I'm looking for? Those people are just being contrarians. Um, I think at least, uh, but this song's awesome. And it kind of appeals to me as somebody who is a bit of a rocker too anyways. So I love this song. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's that like the, the traditionalist or the purist that any sort of progress forward is viewed as like not authentic or it's not pure country. We, we still see that today with, and some of it's, some of it you could argue is fair. Warranted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the wrong per I guess I shouldn't have brought that up because I'm the wrong person to have <laughs> that conversation. Yeah. We'll bring you back in a couple of months to talk about Florida Georgia line. Well, I will um, not No, Cause I'll piss everybody off. Uh, no, you'll probably have a lot of fans actually. Yeah. Honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, my seventh, we've already mentioned it. Uh, I believe Emily did uh, what she's doing now. I think it's just one of those, one of those, every Garth song, if you play like a three second snippet without like vocals and just like a key point in the song, they're so identifiable. I think that's another one of Garth's strengths is 
you can play the opening and you're like, oh, that's Friends in Low Places or the dance. And for this one, it's getting into the chorus when he just really builds up and gives it the, the Garth vibrato we're used to. Mm -hmm. So again, I don't think we've talked about it, but uh, no need to talk further, but what she's doing now, great song, great, well-written. Well eight, Ocho. Hi. My number yeah. eight song. The Can one we pause you guys for a picked. Sure. Are we going to get the dance or friends in low places anytime soon from you? Yeah, number eight is the dance. Okay. You guys seven picked spots eight, too one. low, but eight. Okay. I, it doesn't. I mean, it's a great song. I just, I, I appreciate like all its greatness, and he sings it well, and it's all great. It doesn't do it much for me. I don't know. I tend to not go for like the most popular songs from an artist. I, I don't know what you want me to say. It's just, it's not personally, not my favorite. It's, I, I understand it's like a Garth song. It's what he's known for, but I, maybe eight was too low, but I would not have ever picked it as the number one song for him. So was there, was there any debate in you leaving it off the top 10 list? Yes. Mm -hmm. Really? Wow. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, God, I'll probably be crucified. And so I stuck her in there. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I view it like it'd be like leaving uh, Don't Take the Girl off of Tim McGraw's top 10 list. That's no, my favorite that. Tim McGraw song. So it would always be on my Tim McGraw list. Yeah. It's top half of that one. That'll be another one yeah. someday. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're you're more eclectic with your songs and tastes. Not that they're like... <laughs> Out of nowhere, but yeah, I'm not totally surprised. Okay, Jake, we got a, a song we've mentioned before, or a new one. Oh, no, it's one we've mentioned. Uh, The River, uh, definitely makes the list here. Um, I have um, quotes and stuff tattooed all over my body, and this is one I, I call them like in the bullpen kind of thing. Um, I've can't, I've never been able to put one fully together, like a concept fully together, but the Rough waters, no, I'll take some falls with the good Lord as my captain. I've, I can make it through them all. That general concept has been one that I've tried to figure out a way to turn into a tattoo, but I've never been able to completely put something together that I complete, that I like enough to put on my body permanently. So uh, that makes the list. It's another one of those songs that um, his, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, He's just like really, really happy, I guess. When he sings the song or like he thinks it's really cool, then the audience participation in the song is really cool. Um, <clears throat> you could tell he really likes it when they sing it back to him. Mm -hmm. um, he's yeah. always like so shocked that like the fans sing it back. And like, he's so grateful. Right. Like, why would we not know every word to like all your songs? Right. But. Not only that, I think um, the this album, the Rope in the Wind album is my favorite one. I think mm -hmm. that's the one that has, I think it's his best album. Uh, that's one that would be an interesting conversation. I think that one or in pieces are, are his two best albums just off the top of my head, uh, thinking through all those. Cause there are some of those, I mean, each album has its set of hits obviously, but you know, some of those, uh, supplementary songs, if you will, I think are, are really good off of this album mm -hmm. as well. But you know, the river is an awesome song that goes through and I obviously had rodeo on the song and shameless. So that's three songs from one album. That's a really strong album. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. Hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. The, one of the main reasons why I want to go to an LSU football game. Oh, yeah. Alley. <laughs> it's calling Baton Rouge. All right. And I, I, it probably is higher than it should be when it, if I'm being objective. But I, this is where I, I couldn't leave it off the top 10. I think it's, it's one of those similar to a lesser extent, like Friends in Little Places, everyone knows the words to it. It's a pretty simple song to figure out. You see it at karaoke night, you see it at bars and tailgates and everything. You see it at the local country bars, on the dance floor, that sort of thing. I've, I've seen it, heard it once or twice myself, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but oh. it's just so, it's just like one of those, it's a quick, it's a quick song. It's like no longer than two, two and a half minutes. It's too yep. short. That's the only problem with it. It's too short. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't agree. I think uh -huh. in that situation, I think less is more. Uh, it's one of those songs that it's almost perfect. Like, 
the length of the song. There are some songs like one of my, not to again, cross genres, but one of my favorite bands for, I'll do this for recognizable purposes. Some people that listen to this podcast probably don't know who Event Sevenfold is, but you guys all probably know who Metallica is for name references. One of my biggest beasts in the 90s. Yeah, thank you. One of my favorite bands is Metallica. And one of my biggest beefs with them is that they have so many songs that are like six and seven and eight minutes long. And it's like, how the hell? Like, cut it in half. Make yeah. two songs out of that concept. Like, cut it in half. Two minutes, two and a half. I think that song is two minutes and 47 seconds or something like that. That's maybe a little too short. But honestly... Those songs, and it's like Emily, you mentioned, it's a perfect for a concert. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect Kickstarter. He can open a concert with that song, I think. And he, and he sings it like twice as fast in concert. It's over in a minute and a half, I swear. And it's a, he and it's speeds a it perfect, up. And it's a perfect Kickstarter, I think. Because yeah. you can jump that right into another song, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just looked it up. The song is two minutes and 38 seconds, but I, I agree what we're saying. It's definitely quicker in concert. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like dead sprints like once you hear it i think that's kind of the power of it too like you've got to enjoy it like every second of it because it's going to go by yeah. so fast but, yeah you no know, if, if this song comes on i just highly recommend just dancing and you know flailing <laughs> your arms and legs and upper limbs all over the place so i have so many videos of aaron and i just singing this song or him just singing by himself so many I think this so is like funny. the only song I like sing and dance to. That's what people probably think. No, you yeah. sing to Thomas Rhett too, but that's a different podcast for a different time. That's true. Uh, yeah. Two spots left. Emily, number nine, what you got? I have unanswered prayers. Kind of talked about it already. I just thought, you know, it's, even if an artist would cut it like now, it'd be like, oh, it's so fresh and so new. Like you don't hear that perspective before. Get some Luke Combs on it. No. I've been right. told I sound like him. Do you guys agree? No. Like Luke no. Combs or Garth? Yeah, like Luke Combs. No, I've been told I look like Garth Brooks. Yeah. But I've been told oh. I sound like Luke Combs. My boss thinks I sound I don't I didn't know who that was when she told me that admittedly, but now that I've heard him, I don't think so. I don't think you do. Need more no, like- I almost feel bad for the poor guy that somebody thinks that like, that's disrespectful <laughs> to his voice like he's a I famous know, can singer you sing a little bit maybe yeah. no, I can't. No. <laughs> no poor luke okay. like that guy can sing i can't <laughs> that's the only fair comparison but anyways yeah. that was my number nine uh my number nine is the song i said i lived earlier there's never been another summer that i've ever loved so much so <laughs> Uh, again another great song like there are some of these songs that are better in concert than they are on the album uh, admittedly so again there are yeah there are some artists who are so much worse in concert than they are in person and i off the top of my head i can't think of so many examples but i'm sure you guys have been to a show and come away like damn that was really bad and now i'm like disappointed and it almost affects like how you listen to them on the radio or on their Nobody has CDs anymore, but on your iPod, nobody has an iPod anymore. Either, but <laughs> How old are you, Jake? I, I turned 29 tomorrow as of this recording. So, uh, yeah, I'm old as hell. Um, I'm much too young to feel this damn old, I guess. But, uh, That's true. yeah, it almost affects that. This is one of those songs that is better in concert than it is on the album. It's just got that, like Emily, I think, mentioned it earlier, the energy. Uh, it's one of those car bangers, too. Um, it almost feels like... No matter where you listen to it, it almost feels like you're there, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just a great song, and it really is kind of a a summer anthem, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good one. Yeah, they're definitely like the lyrics are very straight to the point, but you could it could be just like a, a typical summer fling, no matter difference in age and whatever. Uh, um, mine number nine, we've mentioned already, uh, ain't going down. Again, I think it's just a banger. I think as Jake said, uh, it's just one of those you hit play and it's cranked to 10 right away and you're, you're off and running. So that's my number nine. And that leads us to the last spot in the top 10. So whatever you don't say here and leave out is very, very up for criticism. And Emily, 
there's 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 one only one song left <laughs> oh i cannot wait for your reactions this will be so good do you know my number what what was your what was your uh your number one and number two song yeah recap the list real quick everybody all right sure sure okay so we started with colin baton rouge number two she's every woman that summer what she's doing now number five much too young Standing Outside the Fire, The River, The Dance, Unanswered Prayers, and my number 10 song, Wrapped Up in You. Oh, okay. So what got bumped? Rodeo. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was my number 10, or I guess number 11. I, I don't know why I love this song so much, but it's just, it feels very different from other stuff that he's done. It just feels very ungarth but yet very garth and i just i just think it's an underrated song and yes i realize that i do not have friends in low places yeah but as i was so this is this is my thought process as i'm going through i like had a real discussion with myself and said emily if you were just like adding songs to a playlist or if you're just like rolling down the road would you listen to it? And I'm trying to think of the last time I've heard Friends in Low Places sober because it's always at a concert <laughs> or at a bar and people are just like, I love this song. It's so great. And you sing along because everyone is like, yeah, it's a great song. But outside of that atmosphere, I don't think it's as great of a song as everyone else thinks it is. So you're saying it's basically dependent on what percentage of your day, week, month is being inebriated? No, I'm just saying, like, if I, okay, if I'm just, like, listening to a song and if I, if Garth would be on Spotify, any of these songs I listed here, I would pick over Friends in Little Places if I had to, like, okay, pick one song. Oh, one of these. Interesting. Yeah. I will say this. <clears throat> Using that logic, it does make some sense. Because yeah. thinking, if you go rewind all the way back to when I started, because I did have this at number two, I did use the caveat of the live version. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you just listen to the studio version, it's still a really good song. And I don't think she's saying it's not. Right. But if you just say the studio version and I'm just sitting there like, yeah. And even the, like, even when I sit through and listen to the live album, one beef that I do have with the live album is when I'm listening to it in the car is you have to sit through him, like playing up the whole, we're not playing the third verse thing. Oh yeah. Which yeah. by the way, World funny teeth. story. My mom falls for that every single time. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, oh, not gonna play it. <laughs> yeah. She literally thinks like, really, you're not gonna, I'm like, mom, come on. We've seen this dude twice <laughs> now as we've gotten older and he's done it both times. Like, yes, he's going to play this version of the song, but that's funny. Using that logic, I don't hate it. I'm not, okay. like I said, I'm not moving it down that far down my list. Right. I don't hate the logic. Yeah. I guess, again, I've made my list very objectively. This, I guess, would be my top card songs. Obviously, I can look at, like, sales and, like, all the millions of dollars he's made off, like, the dance and Friends in Little Places. And, yeah, they're probably his best commercially successful and you know won awards and stuff but when it comes down to emily's garth this is what i got this is my surprise face of what's happened tonight this is a podcast nobody can see your face <laughs> and there's a reason for that <laughs> exactly Ouch. wow that uh, uh okay so emily has her 10 Jake, what is your last spot? Recap yours. Recap. Number one, I had the dance. Number two, I had the live version of Friends in Low Places. Number three was Rodeo. Number four was Shameless. Number five was It's Your Song, which I learned tonight is not a cover, so I apologize for misinformation earlier. Number six was The Thunder Rolls. Number seven was Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up. Number eight was The River. Number nine was That Summer. Number 10 is The Closer. It is the closer at the bar in Stirrups. It is the closer at the bar in Milwaukee, which name I cannot remember, but it was me. It was Aaron Wagner. It was Taylor Schweighauser. It was Red Rock. Were you there too? I've been there. You've been there. Okay. Um, it was a dance party. We were really drunk. 
I got in a lot of trouble with the girl I was dating that night because I stayed out later than I was supposed to, quote unquote. Almost played friends in low places over my phone that night, and I probably should have looking back on it because that person is now crazy. Uh, <laughs> not to air my dirty laundry, but I should have. Um, call it Baton Rouge. It leads to a lot of drunk videos of Aaron Wagner, and I enjoy it quite a bit. It's a great song. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, I think we've talked about it quite a bit. I, you know, A lot of people mentioned it's, it's too short. Um, I don't think so. I think it's the perfect length. I think it's a really good song for him to open with. Emily mentioned he plays it really, really fast, but I mean that one minute, 50 seconds, two minutes open, it's a really good open for him to kind of jump in. I hope when the coronavirus thing ends and we can actually go back to shows again, uh, that he, instead of opening with whatever his new songs are called that honestly, I don't know the names of anymore. <laughs> um, I hope that instead of opening with those, he opens with this and then transitions into mm one of his other songs. I think it's a perfect start uh, for some of his stuff. So that is number 10 for me. And I love watching Aaron make a fool of himself and try and dance with some random lady at the bar that he's tried to strike out with all night long and ultimately does strike out with. <laughs> all right, quick. Okay. My thing, I, I literally, if I'm out drinking and there's a dance floor and there's music playing, I literally 90% of the time, I, I don't care who's on the dance floor. I just want to dance and make friends. And Same. Same. I, that's it. Yeah. But it's, it's with me, apparently, that that 10%, he does care who's on the dance floor with him, and he strikes out with those people. Well, hey, whatever. He always uh, finds someone else. It's fine. Hey, it's, it's unanswered prayers, guys, all right? Um, <laughs> and, like, music is subjective. Whether you think my singing and dancing is good is also subjective. But – uh, mm, that might be factual. All right. So yeah, that's not subjective. I've heard you do both. I have Snapchat videos of us. I used to, I deleted them because I'm singing on them too. And that's blackmail. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of slander going on right now. Um, recap it's of my slander. If it's true. Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> um, I had the dance at number one, friends on the places too. the river. If tomorrow never comes unanswered prayers, thunder rolls, what she's doing now, Colin Van Rouge ain't going down and we've all had it on the list. There's a lot of other songs that I rotated in and out of here, but I ultimately went with that summer. We've all talked about it. It just has a cool sound and vibe to it. It builds to that last, that last moment of lyrically the song and the story. And it just has a, has a really cool sound to it. So, um, that's, uh, that's my 10. I real quickly, which not because I think we want to do a part two, uh, 10 or 11 through 20, because this was so much fun and we all agreed on this. Uh, <laughs> was there a song that you feel really bad about leaving out of the top 10? Standing outside the fire, spoiler alert, is number 11. And I tried really, really hard to fit it in, but there's only 10 spots. So yeah that i mean honestly 11 through i don't want to give away too much of my list but 11 through 13 i very easily could have put in it like right eight, nine, 10 11. Mm -hmm. yeah none of us mentioned uh papa love mama and that was probably like my number 12 or 13. um i don't know that's just a fun song it's really kind of an odd song but it's fun that was there and then i think we mentioned like or jake you mentioned we shall be free that's such mm -hmm. a good car song yeah I would agree. Yeah, for me too, it was We Shall Be Free or Standing Outside the Fire. Um, there's some other ones that, while they were commercial successes for him, you know, jams like uh, Papa Love Mama, Two, two Pina Coladas, Long Neck mm. Bottle, all kind of good jams. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it was it was tough to figure 10 in, and I feel like I, – I feel bad I left some out, but uh, – so goes it with Garth when you have so many hits. I, know, I feel I, confident in my choices. I have no regrets. I love that Wrapped Up and You made the list. I I didn't have it as high as you did, but it is in my top 20. And yeah. it was like a – so that album was like a reintroduction because that was like his first album after a 10-year hiatus or something like okay. that. And so the first song off of that album was Beer Run with George Jones. And that, oh, that song, 
that song had some success, but yeah. it was kind of like a, a goofy, like, hey, I'm back kind of thing. But that song, Wrapped Up in You, was definitely the one that made the made the waves. And it was a good album, ultimately. Like, that has some nice little... The so- Ultimately, I mean, Garth's new albums haven't found nearly as much success as his older stuff, obviously. Right. Um, but but that song was... I, I love it. I think it's a really yeah, good one. Yeah, I do too. Clearly. Yeah. My top ten. <laughs> Well, guys, this was fun. Um, we each, we found some common ground. We found plenty of uh, spots we disagreed on. So this was, I would say, part one, because I feel like we have the top ten. We're, we're going to need a part two with uh, the next ten songs that come. But How mad would it, you be if Friends in Little Places doesn't make my 11 through 20? <laughs> I don't know if there's legal ways to, like, <laughs> go about making me not – your sibling, but I would investigate it at that point. Okay. I'll make sure it's at least 20 or 19. <laughs> there are ways you can, what's the word that, oh gosh, what's it called? Where you can like make someone not your child anymore. Emancipate. Like emancipation. Yes. <laughs> I, I want to emancipate me from being Emily's brother. If, yeah, you can do that. Okay. I'll look into it. Good luck. Uh, well, thanks guys for talking chatting garth it was fun we'll have to do it again sometime soon and uh until next time 